obviously Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the Lenten season, and so we're beginning a new sermon series uh, for the Lenten season this year at Kenilworth Union Church. Uh, Jill Duffield is the editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, one of the periodicals of the Presbyterian Church USA. She lives in Virginia or North Carolina or somewhere over there, and she has recently written a book called Lenten Plain Sight, in which she takes uh, eight common objects that are in our everyday lives and shows them what how they're symbolic of various aspects of the passion story of Jesus. Dust, bread, coins, shoes, thorns, cross, oil, towels, and stones. And so tonight, of course, on Ash Wednesday, we look at dust or ashes and this story from the creation account of the book of Genesis. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, of course, Ash Wednesday is the day in the church calendar when we pause from the tether and pang of frenetic activity to think about our mortality. It might not be the pleasantest holiday in the church calendar, but it might be important. On Ash Wednesday, we pause to consider that our destiny is identical to our origin. From dust you came, to dust you shall return. Our origin is dust, and this is true both scientifically and theologically. Scientifically, biological life leapt from inert dust into uh, frenetic activity, Vitality about 3.8 billion years ago, less than a billion years after the earth itself congealed from the primordial elements of the third rock from the sun, hydrogen and nitrogen, carbon, oxygen. Just a, a little of those elements, maybe animated by an electrical charge that might have leapt from the silt at the bottom of the ocean's Stygian depths or maybe in geothermal ponds like at Yellowstone. That's scientifically. Theologically, Genesis tells us that God bent down and scooped some earth from the dust and formed it into a humanoid shape and breathed the breath of life into that being's nostrils and the man became a living being. If God is good, we will leap and cavort for 80 or 90 years, but then we will return to our origin. And return to our origin we will. From dust we have come, to dust we shall return. This is our destiny. Our earthly lives are finite. It's kind of a grim thought, isn't it? 
Why darken an otherwise pleasant spring day with such somber reflections? Well, I'll tell you why. You hear me say this all the time. Life is very, very good, but also very, very short. Therefore, be quick to love and make haste to be kind because we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk the way with us. In other words, make the most of what you've got while you've got it. This afternoon, I met remotely with the spiritual support group of a friend of mine. Most of them are clustered around Stanford University in California, and I'm here, obviously, so our meeting was remote, but we gathered to talk about Brian Doyle's book, One Long River of Song. Isn't that a wonderful title? One Long River of Song. I've told you about Brian Doyle many times before because he's my literary and uh, spiritual hero. He hails from a large, pious Irish Catholic brood from New York originally. Then he went to the University of Notre Dame, and then for something like 26 years, beginning in 1991, he served as the editor for Portland Magazine, the West Coast twinned to its more famous sister, the University of Notre Dame. In November of 2016, Brian suffered crushing headaches, and at first they thought it was migraines, but then they discovered a large brain tumor. And at first, the doctors thought that with targeted chemotherapy, they could buy Brian another two years. But four months later, in April of 2017, Brian was in hospice care, and he died in May of 2017. He was 60 years old. Brian was desperately in love with his wife, Mary, an artist. And in his book, One Long River of Song, he talks about how early in their marriage they had trouble conceiving. And so they went to the fertility specialist who told Mary and Brian that they would never have children together. And they were so disconsolate that on their way to the car, they wept inconsolably. But of course, God has a wicked sense of humor. And Mary and Brian ended up raising three wonderful children together. And near the end of his life, Brian remembers those early young tears. Our first tears as parents, he says. Our first tears before we were parents. We've cried many tears since for many reasons, and our children have been tumultuous, troubled, and in great danger. And our marriage has been wonderfully conflicted and troubled and in great danger. But even now, after all these years, every few weeks, I find myself in tears for no reason at all. And I know it's because we were blessed with children, three of them, three long, wild prayers. And they were the greatest gift a profligate mercy ever granted, shuffling, muddled me. And when I am, I am in my last hour, and when I am very near death, when I am so soon to change form and travel, travel in unaccountable ways and places, I hope I will be of sound enough mind to murmur this to our three children. It was for you that I was here, and it was for you I prayed every day of your life, and for you I will pray in whatever form I am next to take. Lift the rock, and I am there 
Cleave the wood, and I am there. Call my name, and I will listen to be a prayer for you and yours long after I am dust and ash. Our earthly lives are finite, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But God is good and will not abandon us to the dust of the earth. Robert Frost said, in three words, I can sum up everything I know about life. It goes on. Brian Doyle says, we're here only for a minute. We're here for a little window. And to use that time to catch and share shards of light and laughter and grace seems to me the great story. I would sing my books if I could. So sing and pray while you've time. Catch and share shards of light and life and laughter and grace while you can. And then when there is nothing left of your corporeal existence but dust and ash, perhaps, if God is good, your song and your prayer will go on and on. They'll lift the rock and you'll be there. They'll cleave the wood and you'll be there. They'll call your name and you will listen. An everlasting prayer for those who gladdened your heart every day of your life. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.